Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of the LBC Podcast, where we explore Christian theology and practice for the building up of God's family. Oh man, you guys, this is an exciting one today. Joining us today, we have Eloy Romero. Hello. We have Ryan Piercy. Hello. And we have Elijah Tran. Hello. <laughs> they all stole my line. Yeah, it's true. I said hello. <laughs> and I'm John. I, hey guys, I'm really excited. Really, really excited. Can you hear it in my voice? I can. How excited I am? It's very exciting. Why are you excited, John? Well, I'm excited because today, (laughs) today we are going to sit down and we are going to dissect the very first LBC original worship song. We can insert an applause there. (laughs) Sound effects. I can hear everyone just, yeah. Hey, guys, this is really exciting. Uh, this is kind of a new season of LBC. For a long time, uh, people have been asking me. I don't, I don't know if you guys hear this, too. For a long time, people have been asking me, hey, how come you guys don't write your own music? Uh, and then um, I get it from elders. I get it from Pastor Eric quite a bit, where he's been pushing me for years to try and get mm-hmm. this off the ground. And uh, you know what? We got together here recently in, in the fall, the three of us, with Ryan and Eloy and myself, and uh, I feel like God gave us something really special here. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. and so we get to dissect that together. Um, and so this is really exciting because this is something that obviously we want to present to the church as, uh, you know, a biblically rich song, something that we can contribute. Um, but it's something that we want to put in the lips of our people to sing in 2024. So the way this one in particular came about was, you know, last fall, Ryan, you took the time to actually push me and say, Mm -hmm. hey, we keep talking about writing songs. We keep talking about writing music, but, you know, nothing's really happening. Why don't we just go up to my cabin up in the Mm -hmm. mountains on this date and we can get it done? Stop talking about it. Start being about it. (laughs) That's why I need friends in my life (laughs) because I tend to procrastinate. Uh, So we put the invitation out to a number of folks and Eloy answered the call. Yeah. I'm glad to get the call. Heck yeah. So, I mean, Ryan and I grabbed our recording equipment and our guitars and we took a keyboard up there and we set up shop and it was within like the first 20 minutes of just sitting around and just sharing stuff, you know, songs that we've written in the past, really Eloy yeah. sharing songs that he had written in the past um, that we mm-hmm. stumbled onto this little piece. And like, once you sang this song, you got mm-hmm. to the chorus and yeah. I was like, Oh, that's a completed chorus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was really, really cool. Yeah. You started with that idea of like, what what do you think our, our, our people should be singing mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. the next coming, or the upcoming season um, with some input from Pastor Eric? Well, I can piggyback on it because okay. quickly, the question of like, what does the church want? Uh, what does the church need to hear? What does the church need to sing? That, uh, when I brought up the chorus, when you asked that question, I'm like, hey, I wrote this song when I first came to LBC <laughs> after I first heard like some like solid exegetical preaching mm-hmm. and I realized like how big God is, how small mm-hmm. I am. Yeah. And I was like, man, I got to write about how just like this new knowledge of information that God is so big. And if you've heard the previous podcast that I was on with John yeah. and Pastor Eric, uh, I talked about that a lot mm-hmm. with God's sovereignty. That was the thing that drove me right. to scripture. That's the thing that I got from scripture and it changed my life. And so that's one of the first lines I wrote after I started attending LBC. That's mm-hmm. cool. And so when you're asked like, Hey, what do they need to hear? I was like, Hey, they, this is, you know, coming into the year that we're coming into, like 
this is fits perfect with what God has already like showed me or changed mm-hmm. uh, in my perspective. So this is how a song like this came yeah. out from yeah. from my point. And it's it was pretty special because uh, you know we we headed up the hill. We went up to Hume uh, to do this songwriting retreat at towards the end of October. Yeah. And as I was preparing to go up there. Uh, Pastor Eric had pulled me aside and he, and he had kind of dropped it in my ear. He just said, look, I know it's hard to request us, you know, a theme to write a song on, which is true. I mean, that's, that makes things a little more difficult, but he did say heading into 2024. And this is a plug too, for the previous episode. Mm. Uh, please go back and listen to the previous episode. If you want to know more about this topic of the sovereignty of God and how we enter a new year. But his, his concern was, Hey, entering into 2024, things are probably going to get crazy in 2024. Um, You know, he really wanted a song that focused on the sovereignty of God, not as something that we're supposed to like figure out or not as some puzzle or some mystery that we're all supposed to just be mysterious and awed at, but to see the sovereignty of God as, as the very thing that sets our hearts at rest. It's our delight. It's the, you know, the sovereignty of God should be what helps us sleep at night. In fact, I came across this quote from the great Prince of Preachers, Charles Spurgeon himself, where he literally said, the sovereignty of God is the pillow upon which the Christian rests his head. Mm, Amen. And this song really captures that, I think. And that's what's so funny is, you know, I just kind of put that in my back pocket, like, okay, Pastor Eric, yeah, you know, we'll see. (laughs) We'll see if we even come back with a song. We'll see. And it was like within the first 20 minutes, you you play this song for us. It's like, I got this chorus. Yeah. And the the chorus was just so stinking spot on. Um, And so it's just exciting to see God work that way. And and for us to find a rhythm that weekend. And, you know, we kind of took that chorus and we just rewrote the rest of the song around it and just kind of spoked off of that chorus Mm -hmm. to get the verses and the bridge. Um, So why don't you guys say we get down to it? Yeah. Yeah, sound good? Let's do it. Okay. All right, so this song is called The Highest Throne. The Highest Throne. And so all of this is meant to help us delight in the sovereignty of God. And so I'll I'll just read through it. And by the way, if this seems odd, if you're like, why aren't you playing the song? Um, There's a number of reasons for that. But, you know, one of the ways that we at LBC vet our songs for what we sing uh, is I always like to get in the habit of reading a song before I hear a song. Because a lot of times you can hear a song and you're like, that's a great song. But when you dive into what it's saying, it's not actually saying much. It just sounds really good. And so I like to do the flip side where I want to read the words and see what it's saying. And to the point where I have to sing this song. And then I'll listen and see what see what the song sounds like. And That's so wise. I just get hypnotized by the guitar tone. Like, Let's do it. <laughs> it's because you're a guitarist. Yep. Yeah. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna just go line by line on this song. I'll read through it first, and then we'll go back and kind of hit you know the main theology that's going on in this song. But it starts off with verse one, which says uh, it just makes the statement: "Before all time and ages, when history had not a name, talking to God." Forever you reigned in glorious praise, your throne and dominion unchanged. You spoke into the darkness, displaying your infinite worth. When morning stars sang, creation's refrain, for joy at the power of your word. Who else is like you? Who else is like you, God? And then the chorus is very simple. There's no one above you and no one beside And all those below you one day will cry, you are God, 
who sits on the highest throne. Forever and ever, your throne will remain, while all other kingdoms will soon fade away. You are God who sits on the highest throne. And then verse 2. Good news here, listener. Verse 2. In love you predestined salvation. All those who are yours you will keep. The earth is held still in your perfect will, your strength and divine sovereignty. And you're coming to gather your children, the faithful who trust in your name. All nations and tribes will sing as the bride and together with one voice proclaim, who else is like you? Who else is like you, God? And then it goes back to the chorus. There's no one above you, no one beside. All those below you one day will cry, you are God who sits on the highest throne. Forever and ever your throne will remain while all other kingdoms will soon fade away. You are God who sits on the highest throne. And then the bridge just goes right to scripture. Now to him who sits on the throne and the lamb be blessing and honor and glory now and forever. You're holy, holy, holy. We repeat that a few times and then it's back to the chorus. There's no one above you, Mm. no one beside All those below you one day will cry, you are God who sits on the highest throne. Forever and ever your throne will remain, while all other kingdoms will soon fade away. You are God who sits Sits on the highest highest throne. throne. Yes. Wow. (laughs) So a celebration. It's meant to be a celebration of the sovereignty of God. So let's go go back up. Let's go to to verse 1 here. Mm -hmm. Eloy, I, I think this first couple of lines was yours. Yeah. 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 You crank this out. Before all time and ages, when history had not a name. So in other words. Yeah. Before before in the beginning. Yeah, in the beginning, basically. Like before in the beginning. Before in the beginning. Yeah. Yeah, It's um it's it's like I was saying earlier when I realized through God's grace and his spirit that how big he is and how small I am, Mm. that to say that he's outside of time, space matter, history, mm-hmm. that he's the source of those things, I'm like, I got to write that down. Yeah. Before everything, before all history, before all time, space, right. and matter, before that he was, and Amen. he is. That's it. Yeah. So before all that, before all time and ages, when history had not a name, here's the statement that we're making, forever you reigned in glorious praise, your throne and dominion was unchanged. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so that's... I don't know of a lot of other songs uh, that I've seen anyway that actually celebrate or even mention the fact that before we existed, before the earth existed, before time as we know it existed, uh, before any of this stuff, God was reigning and praised. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's forever been worshiped. To talk about the eternality of God, mm-hmm. to talk about the fact that, um, you know, the, the fact that he's eternal means that he has always existed. He has no beginning. He is yep. uncreated and he is forever worshiped. That's not just future tense. Yeah. That's also forever past tense as well. Something that doesn't get mentioned or talked about a whole lot, but it's, it's important to establish when we talk about the sovereignty of God is the fact mm-hmm. that he is eternal, uncreated, that he was worshiped long before we were ever around. Right. Mm-hmm. Psalm 90 jumps out to me. Uh, Psalm 90 verses one and two. Uh, Lord, you've been our dwelling place in all generations before the mountains were brought forth or uh, ever you had formed the earth and the world from everlasting to everlasting, you're God. Amen. 
There it is. It's the idea that the great I am eternal existence before all time and ages when history had not a name. Yeah. Well put. Mm -hmm. Well put. Uh, Verse one continues with the creative act of God now entering into the, in the beginning Mm -hmm. (laughs) that with a word, and that's the important part. Let's focus on the word. Right. It says you, then you spoke into the darkness, displaying your infinite worth. When morning stars sang creations refrain for joy at the power of your word. Uh, it's getting pretty poetic there, and some of you might be listening thinking, what are the morning stars are you yeah. talking about? <laughs> we had some conversations about that at the We cabin. said the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> First of all, God spoke all things into existence. That's the important thing to understand yep. here. How did God create? He did it through mm-hmm. his word. Out of nothing. Yep, he did it. The scriptures are very, very clear on that. And in doing so, of course, he's displaying his infinite worth. We see... Uh, you know, just the majesty and the wisdom and the power of God's word in creation alone. You mm-hmm. can see that. Uh, but specifically, yeah, the morning stars. What the heck are we talking about there? When the morning stars sang, creation's refrain for joy at the power of your word. You know, that one, when I think of creation, I think, you know, a lot of times we can we can jump straight to Genesis chapter 1. But I've always loved uh, Job chapter 38. Yeah. <laughs> And for that little brief context, Job has lost everything except for his life. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a righteous man, so he's questioning God throughout the entire book, and his friends are giving him poor advice. And it's just this endless circle of questioning God, why, God, why, God, why. And then God answers Job in chapter 38. And in chapter 38, you know, he basically answers Job, and he doesn't give him a reason why. He just reminds Job who he is. <laughs> mm-hmm. And he begins with creation. In verse 4, where God himself, he's speaking of himself, you know, questioning Job here, where God says, where were you when I laid the foundation of the world? This is Job 38, verse 4. Tell me if you have understanding. Who determined its measurements? Just think about that, the measurements of earth. Who determined its measurements? Surely you know. Or who has stretched the line upon it? On what were its bases sunk? Or who laid its cornerstone, here it is, when the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If, if you do a word study on that, on that morning stars, it's, it could be, there's kind of two interpretations there. Some people think it could literally mean the freshly created stars. You know, that at this moment of where God's creating and doing all these things, the stars are glorious and everything's praising God, of course, because it's all about him and it's his creation. Uh, but most scholars think that it's actually talking about the angels, that it's talking about the heavenly host who, yes, were here before we were, who knows when God created them. Uh, but, you know, it's all of his creation, including the angels, are joining together and singing, or shouting, rather, for joy here. And so that's really where that's based on, when the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy. Mm-hmm. And so it's just the image that this is portraying for us, coming from God himself, talking about himself at creation, uh, is this image of all of this freshly new creation just gloriously Mm -hmm. (laughs) displaying his worth and displaying his beauty and shouting for joy and praising God, that even in in that setting, especially before creation and at creation, he is worshiped and, you know, 
what are we what are they singing about what is the joy for it's for joy at the power of your word mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. witness the creative power of god's word and i think the weight of that first one is really setting the stage because technically like us as like humans or you know made mm-hmm. in god's image god's and god uh, with you know god and his creation uh we haven't even entered the scene yet on this song <laughs> and in creative history so mm-hmm. it's saying like god has been praised like so many times we think like people get this uh, mixed up. We're like, God needs to be worshiped. Like God needs this. Like he doesn't need anything from us. Yeah. He yeah, is yeah. constantly being praised and adored and magnified even before you know, any like human beings yeah. were, yeah. were here. So to say that, you know, God needs our worship. Like God is just worshiped. Yeah. <laughs> Full stop. Yeah. He, Regardless if you're going to participate or not. Right. He's just being praised. Right. Yeah, I mean, there's you, you hear that in a lot of other worship songs. I mean, we, we sing it so flippantly without thinking about what does it really mean to give God glory? Like, can we actually ascribe any more glory to God or give him more glory than he already possesses? Because he's self-sufficient in and of himself. He's perfectly whole in and of himself. Right. Um, you know, that w- I think sometimes we can sing or we can treat that as as just like you said, like like we're giving God something that he lacks. Or filling up his glory tank, yeah. or something like yeah. that. Uh, no, no. <laughs> but long, but we're not that powerful. Number one, number two, God doesn't lack anything in and of Himself, and so uh, you know, God. Yeah, like like you said, before we even get to talking about ourselves or anything He's done for us, let's take this verse one and just focus on the fact that He always has been, and He's always been praised. Yeah, and with that setting the stage, begs the question that we sing at the end of verse one, who else mm-hmm. is like you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's the only response to see this. Right. And to hear it. Who, who else was before all time and things, mm-hmm. the creator and sustainer of all. And I, 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 re- I remember back to when we were kind of like fleshing this whole thing out. And I feel like that, that pre-chorus, who else is like you, who else is like you, God, I feel like that just kind of fell out of us. Yeah. Like it was very much in the moment of like, man, <laughs> we were just, <laughs> Um, <laughs> reflecting on those truths in verse one. Yeah. And we're like, dang, like who else is like, how do you sum that God? up? Like, uh, like who you, else is like, yeah. just sing that. <laughs> yes. I don't know. Just sing that. Yeah. Just sing who that. else is yeah. like you. So then we hit to, we hit to the chorus here, um, which simply declares there's no one above you and no one beside. And all those below you one day will cry. You are God who sits on the highest throne. So so right there, obviously, we're, we're making that, that grand statement. There is no one above God. He is the highest. But also to say that there's no one beside him, you're like, isn't that redundant? Well, not really. I mean, to say that there's no one above him, it's also important to say that there's no one who is his equal. Yeah. God himself says that of Definitely. himself. Um, there's no one who is his equal. He doesn't take counsel from anybody. And all those below you, which is pretty much... All Everyone else, yeah. all of creation, <laughs> all of creation, us, all those below you one day will cry, you are God who sits on the highest throne. Philippians 2, uh, you know, pretty much makes that clear that all will one day bow hmm. in heaven. So it says, therefore, God has highly exalted him, talking of Christ, after his suffering, his death, his burial, his resurrection, his conquering of death and sin. Um, he, he was obedient as unto death. He humbled himself unto death. Verse 9 of Philippians 2 tells us, Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven 
and on earth and under the earth. Mm -hmm. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Uh, All those below you one day will cry, you are God who sits on the highest throne. That doesn't mean everybody's saved in the end. Right. That's an important distinction, but what Mm -hmm. it does mean is everybody will confess. Yeah. Everyone will bow the knee. Um, Question is, do we do that now out of love and reverence for Christ, or will we do it later in terror and fear Yeah. at the judgment? Um, But all will one day admit and confess and declare that he is the one who sits on the highest throne, he is the ultimate authority, that he is uh, the Lord to the glory of God the Father. Mm -hmm. And so continuing on that theme, and I think heading into 2024, this is fun, heading into an election season. It's just fun to sing this. Forever and ever, your throne will remain. Yeah. (laughs) While all other kingdoms will soon fade away. I I can't sing that without smiling Mm -hmm. every time. Uh, While all other kingdoms will soon fade away, you are God who sits on the highest throne. One of my favorite words in that line is the word soon. Because it implies that we just contrasted with God's being, you know, eternal. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then we look at man's kingdom and we just call it like as small as we can make it like soon. (laughs) Like, uh, I love that because, again, it's contrasting just how big God is, how small we are. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All of the kingdoms, put them all together. They don't add up. They don't compare. They don't come equal to. And and even if they could, they're not going to last yeah, you know, that's exactly right. And they, and they can't, they can't even compare and they can't last. Like, why put your hope in that? Why trust in that? Right. Why look to a system? Why look to a form of government? Why look to any of that to bring you eternal security? It won't and it can't. Right. Only God can. Only God can. Uh, the Bible is very clear that it's, it's God who raises up kings. It's God who brings kings down. Yeah. It's God who raises up kingdoms. It's God who strikes kingdoms down. Um, that he's the one who <laughs> orchestrates all of that. Uh, you know, why should we not panic in the election to no matter who becomes president? Because Christ is on the throne and because America is not the end all be all. Thank God. Um, and yeah, it's, it's the fact that there is one King, Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, to go along with that, uh, we referenced in the last episode, Psalm two and how powerful Psalm two is in basically warning the kingdoms of the earth. Like, you know, it just, it establishes the fact right out the gate that kingdoms set themselves up against God frequently. That's the nature of mankind. Um, But that God has established his king on his holy hill. Mm -hmm. It goes into the fact that that king, talking about Jesus, will one day dash the nations to pieces with a rod of iron that it'll destroy them like, like clay pottery. I mean, it's, it's very clear um, how God... And it says it that God God laughs at the nation's attempts to overthrow the highest throne, to overthrow kingdoms. God's not phased by these things like we get phased by these things. In fact, right. that psalm ends by basically warning the kingdoms, "Hey, get in line, kiss the sun, <laughs> lest he strike you in his fury and his wrath." Because his wrath is quickly kindled. Not something we typically think of Jesus as, no. but his wrath is quickly kindled. And then, of course, it ends with, "But blessed are those who take refuge in him." You know, so it's it's this beautiful image that we get of Christ that's really here is look, there's there's really let's just peel back the curtain for a minute. Scripture tells us there's there's one true throne and it belongs to God. Yeah. How comforting for us as a church to sing that line, You are God yeah. who sits on the highest throne. Like sing it now so you don't have to sing it later. 
That's yeah. right. Like you'll bow or you'll bow. You know, what right. I mean? like God yeah. will make it happen. So just man, being able to sing sing that and be convicted of that uh, is just a testament to God's mercy yeah. and grace in the individual work in the believer. Yeah. And so for us to sing that as a community uh, of believers, as you know, yeah. Christ's body, and we should be singing it because it is worth celebrating. It's hopefully, yeah, hopefully, listener, sure. you're you're hearing that in our voices and what we're trying to get across is this is the pillow upon which we rest our heads. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is what sets our hearts at rest is uh, the sovereignty of God and knowing that he is the one who sits on the highest throne. So come what may, mm-hmm. the hardships that we face, which are very real, doesn't, doesn't, you know, doesn't cut down our hardships as if they're meaningless. Uh, but it means that everything is for a purpose because we know that God is ultimately sovereign over all things and he loves us and he will carry us all the way. Uh, and that's a good segue into verse two. Yeah. Because where in verse one, we focused on the fact that he has always been praised and that creation long before we were here, he was praised. Even in the act of creation, there's no one like him when we see the power of his word. Um, Verse two gets into what he has done for us. So even when we mess things up, even when we have sinned, even when we have completely, you know, destroyed his beautiful creation that he created with his word, uh, this is what he's done for us. In love, you predestined salvation. That's right. That's right out of the Bible. Yep. In love, you predestined salvation. All those who are yours, you will keep. Mm-hmm. The earth is held still in your perfect will, your strength and divine sovereignty. So Eloy, I think you wrote like the second half of that, I think. Maybe the whole thing. I'm not sure I wrote, that stanza. Originally, I wrote the whole thing. We changed that second line to fit with the rhyme That's scheme. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but the, the content was there. Uh, but man, you hit strength and divine sovereignty, and I remember I think I like jumped off the couch. Yeah, like, yeah. That was, you, that was a, <laughs> you went. That's it. That's it. That's right it. Right there. There. That's yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> so Ephesians chapter one tells us we have been blessed with in Christ with every spiritual blessing. Verse four, even as He chose us in Him. Here it is again. Before the foundation of the world. Yeah. Before all of this was in creation, God chose us in Christ, that we should be holy and blameless before him. Why? In love, he predestined us for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, with which he has blessed us in the beloved. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, it goes on to really heavily just dive into just the heart, just the meat of the gospel and what that means for us. But it is in love we have been predestined for salvation in Christ, through Christ. Uh, And just this this beautiful statement that all those, the the eternal security we have in Christ, all those who are yours, you will keep. And for those of you who are geeking out a little bit out there with your Reformed theology, yeah, we're talking about limited atonement. Yeah. We're talking about the fact (laughs) that... Perseverance of the saints. Perseverance of the saints. uh, Not everyone will be saved on the last day. Um, All those who have been called according to his purpose will be kept secure in Christ. We sing it another way a lot in church. He will hold me fast. Yeah. Uh, When I fear my faith will fail... Christ will hold me fast. He'll carry us all the way through. And that's what sets our hearts at rest. Yeah. Um, and so when we look out at the world and all of the craziness, we have this statement, the earth is held still in your perfect will, uh, which, yeah, I mean, it's kind of flipped around, but you could flip it around. Really, the meaning of that is the earth is still held in your perfect will. 
we we believe that God has not lost control. Um, he does not. I mean, if he keeps those who belong to him, it, it must also follow that he's still got it all under control. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, the earth is held still in your perfect will, in your strength, and in your divine sovereignty. It's probably my favorite part of the whole song right there. Yeah, it's one of mine too. I, I think it tells the whole story of the whole song and mm-hmm. the message yeah. that we're trying. To, it's, that's, that's the comforting line. Mm-hmm. That's the rest on the pillow, mm-hmm. as Mr. Spurgeon said. The earth is held still. Hands up, hands off. <laughs> I don't yeah. got to worry about it. Yeah, He's in control, not yeah. me. It, it couples so well with my other favorite part from verse 1, which is forever you reigned in glorious praise. Your throne and dominion unchanged. Yeah. And love you predestined salvations. It's just a great bookend. Yeah, yeah. So we see the power of God in his creation and the yeah. fact that he's eternal. Uh, and that that same power, that same character, that same attribute of God, his eternality should be the very thing that sets our hearts at rest when we see that he has moved all of history mm-hmm. uh, to work towards our salvation in Jesus Christ, that he's the one who's orchestrated the plan of redemption. That's what the Bible is. When you, you know, from Genesis 3 all the way to the end of Revelation, you're, you're watching the story of God's redemptive plan unfold. That's the story of the Bible, and God's got it. <laughs> Regardless of what you face, regardless of what's going on, rest in that, dear believer. Yeah. Uh, rest in that. But not only that, we have a future hope. Yes. It's not just what he's done for us, but that what he's done for us has secured for us mm-hmm. a future hope because we continue. You're coming to gather your children. This makes me tear up every time I sing it. You're coming to gather your children, the faithful who trust in your name. And I love how we go plural to singular. Listen to that. All nations and tribes will sing as the bride and together with one voice proclaim who else is like you? Who else is like you? Who else is like you, God? Ah, Elijah (laughs) did the mic drop Uh, (laughs) motion. Mic drop moment right there. he's, He's coming to gather his children. It's not over. Uh, God's plan of redemption has not yet fully come to a conclusion because we are still mm-hmm. here. There's still promises that he has made that are to come, uh, namely that he will come back and mm-hmm. he will rule again and we will reign with him. Um, what I love about that who else is like you line, um, it really hammers home the idea, and I know we, we talk about this a lot in our ministry, is that our theology should propel our doxology. Amen. Meaning the more we know about God and understand about God, the natural result should be worship of God. That's right. And that's sort of what you're seeing in this song is we're talking about who God is. Mm-hmm. And the natural response is like, who else is like you? Yeah. It's just a complete awe and admiration of, of, of God. Right. Um, I was reading Romans 11, and you even see this in Romans. So... In Romans, Paul's unpacking some pretty heavy theological ideas, predestination or um, election, election, justification, and he stops it and just ends it with worship. Yeah. So he's talking about who God is, and he stops and just worships by saying, for who has known the mind of the Lord, you know, how unsearchable his, or, uh, inscrutable his ways. I love that. So his, his knowledge of God, even in his teaching, he's stopped and worshiped to God. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's the right time to shout amen. 
Yeah. That's the right time to, to clap. Mm-hmm. That's the right time because mm-hmm. you're responding to these truths about mm-hmm. it, the God that we worship. And, and David experienced this a lot when he would just reflect on the, yeah. the law. He's like, How, you know, he, he got to... He has to write, he has to sing, he has to praise, he has to dance. He has right. to do all these things. That's the appropriate response. It's such right. good truth. Yeah. It's such awesome news. And this is why it's so crucially important to sing truth, uh, to sing the truth of who God is. Um, that and, and to be honest, you know, I, I think that uh, for those critics, and they're not necessarily in our church a whole lot, but uh, I hear it from other places. You know, for those critics who say, well, you're just being sticklers, you're splitting hairs when you choose what songs and that we sing and, you know, why does it have to be so biblically accurate? Believe it or not, people ask that question. Um, The answer is there, you know, anything that's short of what this, of, of how God has revealed himself to us in scripture, anything short of that is just cheap and not as glorious. Yeah. We'll always be worshiping something that's just a little bit less. And it's, it, it, it never really truly delights us like, gazing at God as he has revealed himself, mm-hmm. which is still more than we can comprehend. And and uh, like you said, allowing our theology to drive our doxology. Um, it's not something you have to do. It's not something you have to like muster up inside of yourself yeah. or work up. Mm-hmm. Anytime anybody in scripture encounters God as he is, they're never left the same. Right. There, there's, there's always a response. <laughs> whether it's the praises of God's people by clapping and rejoicing and making a truly joyful, loud noise right. of praise to God, or whether it's just falling flat on your face and woe is me, I am, mm-hmm. I am undone. Mm-hmm. Um, seeing God for who he is, seeing God as he's revealed himself in his word always elicits a response. Yeah. So uh, let's, let's, let's talk about the bridge. <laughs> <laughs> the bridge was on a, a, like a trip of its own. Yeah, so we, we, we toyed around with a lot of different ideas, good ideas, yeah. a lot of good stuff that came out. And then it was, Fun ideas. I'll be honest, I was thinking, does it even need a bridge? Because we're not really landing True. on anything. And then it's also the, a good lesson of sometimes setting something down and walking away True. for a bit and like revisiting it as a team is beneficial. Because mm-hmm. we left there with a bridge that I kind of liked. Yeah, that's and true. That's we got, true. We, we got back together and wrote something different that I like even more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It came out really nice. I, I, I was laughing at the way it kind of fell out because uh, the way God guided it, because as I recall, and you guys can correct me, um, we were all slaving over this thing. I'm trying to figure out, you know, because a good bridge helps you really just round out the last angle. Mm-hmm. So you can go back to the crux of the song, the core yeah. of the song, which is the, which is the chorus. You know, a good bridge should help you just round off that last little tiny angle or that last little piece to help us hit that chorus fresh again, you know? Um, so some songs don't need that, and others do, and, and I think we agreed this one this one needed it. Um, and it was, it was difficult. It was difficult to come to. Uh, we did walk away for a few weeks mm-hmm. and just kind of... Well, and I think part it of it, hanging. too, is setting such a high standard of, like, what we want to sing, what we want the church to sing. True. Like we don't just want to throw something in there because it sounds good and it's easy to sing. No, we want something, uh, you know, that's worthy to sing about our God. Yeah. And so, yeah, yeah, it takes time to, to put kind of these things together, but it's, it's, it's worth that. Yeah. Because I've been in settings where you can write a worship song real quick, but it, you know, as Mm -hmm. quick as you write it is as shallow as it goes. Yeah. So, um, this, I think, man, it, it needed that, 
just to be marinated and be yeah. mold over and to be thought of and just uh, it really pushed us to scripture. It did to, to learn more. About God. <laughs> I think it did the way <laughs> the way the way that I recall this going down, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong. At least at least from my perspective, was I had given this long talk because I was kind of frustrated. Like I had given this long talk of like you know, the angle I'm going for, <laughs> I feel like the angle we should go is, and I mentioned uh, Revelation 4 and Revelation 5, and I was reading those accounts of yeah. the throne room, um, accounts in Revelation 4 and We were just 5. trying to grab phrases as you said them. And, put <laughs> and them, yeah. I got to, uh, I got to verse 13, 13 which, yeah. which is where everyone declares, to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. And uh, and, and I think I'd said something along the lines of like, you know, something. How do we like, say that? We need to, we need like to get something like that. And then Eloy, you just you just sang it. Yeah, I was like, just just sing that. And yeah, I remember and Ryan being like, you mean like that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Easy. <laughs> there is our bridge. So yeah, it literally, <laughs> it, we finished in like. Classic overthinking on John's yeah, part. Overthinking yeah. it. And yeah. then as soon as that. <laughs> that floodgate just breaks open. You're just like, there it is. There Boom. it is. Everything yep. just That's falls it. into place yeah. in minutes. And you're like, wow. And so, you know, we, what we've been dancing around in this song without actually saying the words is the holiness of God. Right. There's no one like him. He is completely other, set apart. He's transcendent, which means, as Eloy said earlier, he's untouched by the things of this world. Yeah. Untouched by time and space. He's transcendent and over those things. But as verse 2 told us, he, he's also imminent. You know, he's he's worked redemption for us, uh, not just from a distance, but by actually becoming one of us. Holy cow. Um, you know, there, there's so many things to that. Um, w- the best response is to simply just adore him and, yeah. and to sing scripture. And so that bridge is very simple. Now to him, we're not going to worship, you know, we're talking about the one who sits on the throne. Mm-hmm. Now to him who sits on the throne and the lamb be blessing and honor and glory now and forever. And let's just declare it together as the church. You're holy, 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 holy. Who else is like you? Yeah. Who else is like you, God? Yeah. And I know we, we talked about this, that whenever we encounter God's throne in scripture, it's always described as holy, mm-hmm. yeah. set apart, mm-hmm. sanctified. Like Something it's, other, it's yeah. like you said, untouched. Yeah. It's just, and it's like, we can't call the song highest throne mm-hmm. and not talk about God's holiness. God's holiness. <laughs> And so, man, and when you when you read that in Revelation, I was like, that's it. Yeah. It's just all it is yeah. is yeah. declaring these truths that have already been laid out in the first couple of verses and then, you know, just rolled over into this fresh idea that pushes us back to mm-hmm. respond and answer that question, who else is like you? There's no one. Yeah. The chorus, mm-hmm. there's no one. Yeah, and, and that's what, when you read Revelation, that's the response I get when I read that. Yeah. I'm just like, man, praise yeah, God. Ab- yeah, right. ab- absolutely. And the way that this hits us, you know, is is not unique because you, you this is almost, I think this is going to be best sung in the midst of trials and tribulations. Yep. Mm. Um, because it's, a, it's, a, it's, it, it's really a song that calls for that. When you look at Isaiah, uh, you know, the, the throne room revelation that Isaiah gets, first time we really see it in Scripture, mm-hmm. Um, it's easy to pass over the fact that that was during a very trying time for Israel where King Uzziah had died. King mm-hmm. Uzziah was beloved. And, you know, and anytime a king dies, the nation itself, the people can get nervous, you know, yeah. like, oh, who's going to fill this power vacuum? How's this going to go down? Things are going to change, especially with all the really terrible kings that Israel <laughs> had. Um, 
So this was this this was a very unnerving time, and so it's very timely that Isaiah that God gives Isaiah this 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 vision of the, of the throne room, and that's where we get, mm-hmm. you know, um, basically what's reiterated in Revelation. Right. And so what's so fascinating is when you get to Revelation, who is Revelation written to? It's written to the church, mm-hmm. uh, but it's written to the church during a time of intense persecution. Mm-hmm. And so what does the church of Jesus Christ need to know? What does God do? He gives John an almost identical revelation of the throne room. And I love that nothing's changed. Yeah, It's the same song that's being sung in Isaiah. Mm-hmm. It's the same song that's, that, that John witnesses in Revelation. Your throne and dominion unchanged. Holy, holy. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, holy, really holy, unchanged? holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come, right? Yeah. Um, and then you get into chapter 5, and this is mind-blowing because that same song gets changed in chapter 5 of Revelation when Jesus comes. And mm-hmm. then they sing a new That's song. New. That's what's so profound about yeah. that moment. They sing a new song, Worthy is the Lamb. Um, it's so crucial that, you know, I, I think anytime God's people have been in the midst of suffering, what seems to be God's healing balm, and look at Job. See, it's yeah. exactly what God did with Job. Um, that balm not B-O-M-B, but B-A-L-M, yeah. uh, that heals, you know, that, that, is, that is necessary is, is not, you know, God coming along, patting you on the back. Hey, you're strong. You can do it. Mm-hmm. Every single time it's God saying, just look at who I am. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And every time that seems to be, oh, yeah, that's, that's enough. Yeah. I'm strong. I can do it. God's saying that. Yeah. God's saying that. Not Eloy saying that. No, I'm not saying that. No. <laughs> I was still using God as a subject, sorry. You know, no, no, you're right. <laughs> just wanted to clarify for anybody out there. Yeah. Um, and, you know, essentially it's that same thing that we're doing here. Um, yeah. Of We want our church and we want our people in good times and in bad times to remember mm-hmm. uh, this is who our God is and he is unchanged. Yeah. And he will not be trifled with. Mm-hmm. Every evil that takes place in this world that goes unpunished will one day meet perfect justice at the hands of God. That's terrifying and it's comforting all at once. Yeah, I agree. Singing this song when you're in a difficult season or walking through hardships um, is important. And that was the neat thing about uh, the idea of writing songs for our church body. Right. Because it is a unique opportunity, like you said, to put words into the mouths of our people. And I remember as we're crafting some of these verses, actually thinking of the faces of people in our congregation Mm. and how singing these will be a great ministry to their heart that you don't always get when you just grab a song off the shelf, but you really have a chance to uh, address these songs pastorally. Amen. I was just going to add on to that, Ryan. Like you're saying, the people that you're thinking of, it's the people who are going through trials. Yep. Mm Mm-hmm. It's funny, like John's saying, this song is describing, you know, and declaring who God is, yeah. is really that remedy and medication mm-hmm. to say that, hey, what you're going through, this is how big your God is. Yeah. Hey, what you're, what you're enduring, this is how holy your God is. Yeah. Um, it's, it's such a sweet, sweet reminder. And yeah. it's, 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 uh, it's all in in like a trembling way, mm-hmm. but also in a comforting way. Right? Yeah. When we see his kindness, when we see his grace in our lives, this God who is so transcendent and so holy and yet so kind, mm-hmm. who condescends to us, mm-hmm. 
who adopted me for some reason. There's nothing special about John, you know, but he chose me before the foundations (laughs) of the world. Uh, You know, these are, these are truths that we have to rehearse over and over again. And it's very unbecoming. If you listen to our last episode, it is very unbecoming of the church of Jesus Christ to panic like the world panics right? and to think like the world thinks and to react in the way that the world typically reacts uh, to uncertainty and to hardship in life. It's very unbecoming for the church to act like that because Mm -hmm. our God sits on the highest throne. And it's specifically because our God has always existed. It's because our God has worked salvation for us and is coming back for us. Um, it's, it's these things that should set our hearts at rest. Mm -hmm. And so dear listener, hopefully what you're hearing in all of this is that the sovereignty of God is not this like big theological mystery to figure out. Right. Um, I think that the sovereignty of God, as pastor Eric mentioned to us, and it's true, is meant to be the very thing that sets our hearts at rest when we are most distraught when we are most uncertain, when we are most fearful mm-hmm. and anxious in life, it's resting in these truths that our God is sovereign, he is holy, he is transcendent, and yet he is imminent. He is here with us, and he is carrying us all the way into glory. Yeah. And so who do we have to fear? So we're excited for you guys to hear it. Uh, we're going to sing it this Sunday, which will be at the time of this recording, February the 4th. So y'all come out to church and sing it really, really loud. Mm -hmm. For those of you who came, for those people who went to uh, Ascribe, which we want everyone to be attending these Ascribe nights, for those of you who went to Ascribe, you already uh, sang it with us and sang it boldly and proudly. Well, this was a lot of fun. Guys, thanks for joining on here. My pleasure. Uh, It was great. I'm I'm proud to say LBC is, uh, yeah, starting. And we got other songs in the works too. Yeah, we do. um, Just starting a whole new season of LBC worship and what it means to... Mm -hmm not just be discerning in the songs that we choose, but to actually start contributing songs that uh, glorify God, that make much of Christ, that are biblically accurate, uh, and that help each and every one of us to sing the truths and celebrate the truths of God's Word. Well, the LBC Podcast is a ministry of Laurel Glen Bible Church in Bakersfield, California. Hey, if you're enjoying this podcast, subscribe. That way you can be alerted every single time a new episode drops and you will never miss a beat. Uh, Also, if you're enjoying this, tell your friends. There's some good content that's on here, some stuff that can help in all sorts of different ways in different areas of our lives. So feel free to share with a friend, feel free to pass it along and let people know what's happening here at LBC. As always, we would love to worship with you in person. We have services every Sunday at 8.30 and 10 a.m. We have Bible studies for every age and every stage. We want everyone to know God's word and to know the joy of being known by God. Thank you for listening and God bless.